Exodus, the 11th chapter. Is everybody there? Yes. The fourth, I'm going to read the fourth and fifth verse to begin. The Bible says here, the title of this message is in the midnight hour. You know, when you look at the word darkness or midnight, anything that has to do with shadow, anything that impedes our ability to see is noted in the Bible as being darkness, midnight, things of that nature. And in this case, midnight. In the midnight hour, the Bible says in Exodus 11, verse 4 and 5, it says, And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord. It wasn't him, but he was speaking what the Lord had said. He said, About midnight will I go out. This is God speaking through Moses. He says, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. And all, not some, but all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beast. About midnight. The funny thing about midnight is, is that midnight is just previous to a new day. And a new day always represents a breakthrough in our life. About the midnight hour, a lot of us right now are going through their midnight hour. They've been through some dark days, some hard times, some struggles, and it's at the height of itself. Midnight means that it's at its worst state, at the height of it. And it's right about the time that we feel that we can't take no more whatever it is that we're going through, whether it's sickness, whether it's poverty, whether it's insanity, whether it's family relationships, or whatever it is, or just about that midnight hour. While our inner sanctuary, our soul, is in a place called bondage, in slavery to whatever it is that's got us in darkness. Because after all, that's why we're in darkness when we do things in the darkness, because we're in slavery, right? We're in bondage. Because when we see the light, light don't allow us to be in darkness, right? Amen. That's right. You cut the light on, darkness has to flee. But in darkness, what do we do? We stumble, we fumble, we try to figure out a way around, right? In other words, we're confused. And at the height, you see, Israel had been through a whole lot of problems. They had been in slavery for about 400, precisely, the New Testament says 430 years. Precisely. But that's a long time. That's over four centuries. Israel represents the church. And the church right today is in bondage because of darkness. And they've been in darkness for quite some time. It's not that the light hasn't been shined, but the light shines in the darkness, but the Bible says that the darkness comprehends it not. So, when we speak the light of the word, those that are in darkness many times don't comprehend what's being said. Mm -hmm. 
They can't comprehend because there are layers and layers and layers and layers of all kinds of emotional tragedies, financial tragedies, health-wise tragedies. There's a lot of things between the light that's in you and the darkness that surrounds that light and the word trying to penetrate through all of that to get you to that place of light. So in the midnight hour, we're doing the hardest time of our life. I want you to understand that God is still there in your corner. God said that I will never leave you or forsake you. These are the words of Jesus. And even though in our midnight hour, when we think that everything <coughs> is falling apart, the Lord has declared that He with us. That's His promise. He says, during this time, about midnight, I'm going to go into the midst of Egypt. In other words, I'm going to go into the midst of that system that's got you in bondage. And I'm going to work something in there. And I want you to follow me closely this morning as the Spirit of God descends upon me and begins to allow itself to flow through me and give you the revelations of the Word of God so that you can follow me in the Spirit and see what God is saying to us. You see, it's during our midnight hour, that tough time, that toughest time of times in our life, of darkness in our life, that God said, that's the time that I'm going to go into the midst of that system called Egypt that's got you in slavery, that's got you in bondage, that's got you unhappy, that's got you frustrated. I'm going to go within the midst of it and I'm going to take out the firstborn in the land of Egypt. What is it? That firstborn, that firstborn son, we know from the teachings that the son means builder. What is that thought, that firstborn thought that causes us to allow Egypt to be built in us. What is it? Every man, woman and child, has to ask himself this question. What is it? This is a personal question that you have to ask yourself. What is it? What is your problem that's causing Israel to be in bondage? Okay. Kill the firstborn of beast, which are your affections. 
So not only do you have to kill off some things in your thought process, but some things got to be killed off in our affections too. Like lust. Like greed. You know what I'm saying? See, some things got to be killed off. There's something about the Word of God. It will find a man or a woman or a child every time it's stolen from this pulpit, will it not? It will find you. You can't hide. Why do you think people come to church one week and the next week they don't come no more? Why do you think that? Because that word has discovered them and it has exposed them. Everything is naked before God. And when you're naked, you feel like everybody knows you're naked. Everybody died. Wait a minute. Everybody knows. No. It's a personal thing between God and you. God is exposing you to yourself. Not to everybody else. So, so come on back and work it until you get this thing straight. Amen. Exodus 12, 23. We're going to walk. Exodus 12, 23. We're talking about killing off the firstborn, okay? <clears throat> Exodus 12, 23 says, For the Lord, not man, not Moses, but for the Lord will pass through to sweep the Egyptians. And watch what he does. And when he said the blood upon the lintel, that's the high, this is the lintel right here. That's the high place of the door. We're going to break it down. And when he sealed the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, it's those two. Mm. The Lord will pass over that particular door. Alright? Mm -hmm. Now all this is what's going on inside of you. To come and will not suffer the destroyer to come in into your houses to smit you. This is your house. Right here. This is the house of God. This is the only weapon God knows is right here. This is the house of God. So, what is God saying here? Well, let's break it down and let's see. First of all, he talks about this destroyer. Well, if you go to Revelation 9 11, you don't have to go there, but if you want to write it down, he talks about uh, a demon that's over the abyss, the bottom of this pit called Apollyon. It's the Greek word for destroyer. It's a satanic force that was ordained. I said it was ordained to go into Egypt. And it had to follow the Lord. Because the Lord said about midnight, I'm going in. Amen. And I'm going to allow the satanic force of the destroyer, Apollyon, to be behind me because he works for me. You gotta know who you, you, you gotta understand that, that, that the devil work can't do nothing unless God tells it to do it. You got to understand that Isaiah 45 verse 7 say, I create light and darkness, good and evil. I the Lord do all these things. I'll mess your theology up. <laughs> I'll mess your theology up. See, God do what he wanna do in order to get his part across. And he'll use anything, including the jackass. To get it done. So you can't tell me about my God. Only thing my God can't do is tell a lie. Anything else is open, open range, as they call it. So he tells, he hooks up and ordains this demon called Apollyon, the destroyer. The demon of the bottomless pit, Revelation calls him. You can see, write it down and go and study your book. And what he does is, when we get saved, that blood is on the high place of the door and on the side. And if you go to John 10, 9, you'll see that Jesus said, now I'm the door. I'm the door. And if any man come in by me, he'll be saved. He'll come in and go out and find pastor. You see, so the door in us is Christ. And the blood is the spilling of Christ's blood upon our soul, okay? Now, when God comes through, he's pointing this thing 
blood, the blood. Otherwise, if the Lord turned the destroyer loose on you without his guidance, don't you know that Satan would destroy us completely? Do you not understand what grace is? Yes. You're right. If the Lord said, I'm just going to send Satan down through there to kill the firstborn, then Satan would have took advantage of that and done away with everybody. We'd have been wiped out. Because this is a demon that don't play. He don't play games. He's a thief. He came to steal, kill, and ultimately to destroy. So the word tells us that for the Lord will pass through to smit the Egyptian, and when he sealed the blood upon the lintel and on the two side coast, the Lord will pass over the door mm -hmm. and will not suffer the destroyer to come in into your houses to smit you. See, if the Lord didn't pass over the door, we'd be in trouble. Because the, the, the destroyer will come round in and do a job on us. Yeah. But look at Exodus 13 too. Methodically walking. Upon leaving Egypt, the firstborn of Egypt had to die, right? Yeah. He said, kill it, right? Now, when you get saved, you have a new thought process. Alright? Watch 13, verse 2. The first one here is not killed, but it's sanctified unto me all the who? Firstborn. Whatsoever over the wound among the children of you, both of man and of beast, it is who? See, when we get saved, all souls belong to God. But when we get saved, see, everything about us belongs to God now. I said everything. And it's a hard thing for man to give everything to God about himself or herself. It's very difficult. Because of this physical flesh that we in. But nevertheless, God said, when I bring you out of Egypt and I kill that firstborn, in other words, when I save you out of the world, what I need for you to do is, I need for you to sanctify that thought, that firstborn thought of salvation. I need that to be sanctified as a foundation for you in your life. Because that, without the sanctification, which means to set apart. Without that, the church is going to be in trouble. Let's look at Exodus 13, verse 20 and 22. Let's just keep rolling with it. I'm not going to be long with you. I'm just going to give you the word in a revelation. I'm not going to whoop. I'm not going to holler. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to give you something that you can think about. Because if ever we need something to think about, about the Lord and what we're about to come up against, we need to do it now. Verse 20 says in Exodus 13, verse 20 through 22, it says, verse 20 says, And they took their journey from Sukkot. In other words, they pulled up out of that place that they were in. They were in Egypt. They were about, they had just started their journey. They had to pull up stakes. See, see, when you are saved and when you come out the world, then you got to pull up stakes. You got to pull up out of that place that you were in. See, so you, can't, you, you can't stay there. You got to pull up out of there. You see? And a lot of us, well, we get to that in a minute. And I'll, and I'll show you where most of us make our mistake. And all of us at some point in time or another has made that mistake. But it goes on and it says, see, after they pulled up out of that place, the journey from Sukkot, they encamped in a place called Etham, which is in the edge of the wilderness. 
Well, Etham is a place called their strength. See, that's the first thing that we do. You see, what we do is, when we say, and we don't under, quite understand all that salvation is involved in, see, we still try to do this thing in our strength. Now, between the promised land and Egypt, or between Egypt and the promised land, is a thing called the wilderness. That's this earthly life of existence that we have to go through in order, as Deuteronomy will tell us, to be proved and to be humble and to see if we're going to walk right with God. See, the wilderness is what do that to us. Yeah. That's what that's designed to do. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy, whatever it is you're going through. Amen. It's not easy to do it, but I'm telling you what God's Word said. It said, be thankful in all things. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, I think verse 18 through 23, somewhere in there, it talks about how we're supposed to be thankful in all things because this is the will of God concerning you. So it's the will of God for us to be thankful in not some things, but all things. And all things in that wilderness that we run upon ain't good that. You see, in that wilderness, you got all kinds of things going on out there. You got all kinds of critters trying to take you out. So the Bible says that they encamp in a place called Ethan, which is their own strength, because see, they weren't mature enough yet to know and understand that they couldn't do this thing in their own strength. Mm -hmm. And they were still on the edge of the wilderness. Why? Because the wilderness hadn't taught them that they couldn't do it in their own strength yet. Because they hadn't gone through it yet. But it didn't take long. It don't take long when you get out there in that wilderness of life to know that you cannot do this thing in your own strength. <laughs> oh, you can try. But it, it'll stop you. And you might go for a little while. But it'll stop you. Wisdom will set in. It's, it's amazing how wisdom, through suffering, wisdom will set in. And, and, and you'll get tired of trying to do this yourself. They were in the edge of the wilderness. And, and, and verse 21 said, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. To go by day and night. Now, God takes in our time of day. That's the time that we're able to see. That's the time that we're able to understand what it is that we're doing. It says that it's the pillar of the cloud that he leads us by day. Meaning that it's the strength of the word because the cloud is a representation of the word of God. So when things are enlightened in our life, when things are going right in our life, you know, it's the word of God that directs us and that leads us by that. A pillar of a cloud. Because that pillar represents the strength of the word. Why? Because we're able to understand that yeah, me, yeah, with God, and no, me, no. See, sometimes our mind gets mixed up. And we, God say no, but we say yeah. That's when your emotions get in. You know how we are. And God say no, but we say yeah. And God say, uh uh, don't go there. Yeah. And then hours later, we ask God, I wish I had to listen to you. <laughs> Now I'm all messed up, money gone, family gone, all everything. Talk about stupidity. I have never in my life seen such stupidity as I see in this world today from mankind. And it's all driven by two things, greed and lust. You believe that? Yes, man. Greed and lust is tearing this thing apart. You mix them two together and you got the worst Molotov cocktail that you could ever have or you could ever assemble. The strength of the word comes through by day and leads us. And notice where it leads us in. It led them in the way. Who is the way? He is the way. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. So it's the word and the strength of this word, the strength of it, Amen. that leads us in the what? Doing it that. But, uh-oh, by night, that's that nighttime season again, that's that time of adversity, that's that time, ooh, midnight, in the midnight hour, that's that time of frustration, you know what I'm saying? That's that time when ain't nothing going right, that's that time when you ain't got no job, you ain't hardly got nothing to eat, you're scared to look in the refrigerator, and we all been there at some point in time or another, so don't act like you ain't never been there, you can go ahead and talk to me, so, you know, that's the time. With everything and all of folk calling you on the phone because of the ignorance of the bills that we made that we shouldn't have made. Because God's word said, I spoke to you while you were in your prosperity, but because you wouldn't listen, now, you understand, poverty has come upon you. Now, you got to worry me because you don't listen to good counts. Why? Because God said no, but you said yeah. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You better do that. Because everything shine ain't gold. Amen. And everything that look good ain't good for you. Amen. You better make sure that you count the cost of what you're doing before you're doing it. Because I can guarantee you this. However you make your bed, you want that land. Amen. 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 Well, am I talking to the choir this morning? Well, am I just talking to the bugs that's running around here before that stuff I got down here killed? I'm trying to help. And by night, it was in a pillow of fire. See, because sometimes we got our mind already made up to do what we don't do. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I, let me tell you something. I've done a whole lot of marriage counseling, right? And this ain't throwing nothing at nobody in there, so don't even be tripping. It's just, look, y'all ain't throwing people in the world. I do folk all over the world. I counsel people all over the world, so, so, so don't trip. Just don't trip. But I've done a whole lot of marriage counseling. Let me tell you something about it. Them folk already, 98% of them folk already had their mind made up Amen. before they even come in there to you to talk to you. So why waste time? You already you gonna do what you're gonna do anyway. The only thing gonna teach you is life. Amen. Because you already got your mind made up. You just want somebody to come in there and agree with your insanity. And when it don't work your way, then you're gonna go on anyway. <laughs> and get you right. Help us low. Because I told you, we 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 not lost it. And by night in a pillow of fire, see, because during that time of frustration, during that time that, 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 that we're at the height of destruction, and we really need God, see, that's the time the Word will become a revelation to us. It will be enlightened. Notice that it was by a pillow of fire at night. See, it's during them hard times that that Word seemed to open up. Right. And you see a different version of it than you did in the strength of the day when it was leading you, okay? See, because why? Because you got to put on the word harder in your nighttime season than in your daytime season. Because when you're walking in the day, you can see clearly. You see, it's easy to walk in the strength of God when you got a pocket full of money. I'm just being honest. Come on, man. Talk to me. But let that thing get low on let that nighttime season get low on you. See, I gotta make it real up in here. See, let that nighttime season get in on you. Now you don't really need to hear God. Because now you're pulling on it hard. See what I'm saying? See, 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 where you wasn't getting up in the morning seeking God now, I gotta seek it. So I, I, I don't know what to do. Amen. I don't find out that man can't do it for me because I tried man. And it, it didn't. I tried myself, that got me in worse trouble. So now, you know, all I can do now is go to God. Amen. All I have left is God. I hope I'm helping somebody. Come on, come on. I really do. You're good. So he said he took away, verse uh, 22, he took, he, he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. 
Didn't he say, I'll never leave you or forsake you? His word is always done with us. But here's the deal. Will we allow God's word to do what he's supposed you to do? You see, now, I, can't, I go back to Isaiah, I think, 12, verse 3, where it speaks about, I think it's there, where it speaks about salvation has many ways to it. Whatever you need for God to be, if you are in the position of a child of God, whatever you need for God to be in your life, that's how you need to present yourself to God. If you need a father in your life, you need to present yourself to God as a child and as from the realm of the father. If you need a healer, you need to go to God and ask God for healing. And when you go, you got to go in tremendous faith because it's that faith. It ain't how much faith you got, it's faith you got, it's how pure it is. You just need the faith on mustard seed, but it needs to be pure. And you need to be around some faith walking people. Why is it that people go, they know they jacked up, and they go to jacked up people who ain't got a nickel on that, they get knowledge. I don't understand people. Do you not know that the Bible says that in the multitude of counsel dwells safety? But where there is no counsel, good counsel, the people will fall. And what we do is we go and we get the counsel from people who is going to validate our insanity. Because we know if we're going to get the good counsel, it's going to say, y'all not do that. And the good counsel is God speaking, saying no, but you say no, yeah. So there's a thing called permissive will. And we all know what permissive will will get us. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, and cap it on the we're going to help you now. Say you let me get you. 11th chapter, verse 10 through 16 is where we're going to be going. Okay? Are we there? The word of the Lord says in uh, Deuteronomy 11th chapter, verse 10. Watch this land where we're going. It said, from now on, he took us from the land of Egypt. Take us to the promised land, right? But in order to get to the promised land, we've got to go through the wilderness, right? And Deuteronomy calls it a dreadful wilderness. That means some things can happen up in there. And because we don't know it, we've, we, because we, we've never experienced the wilderness before of this earthly life. We, this is our first time going through this and our last time to get to the promised land. Because we've never gone through it before, then God has to direct us with his word, right or wrong. Because yeah. after all, he knows how to bring water from the rock. Yeah. After all, he knows how to heal you when them serpents begin to bite you. All you got to do is look up and you'll get healed. See, he knows how to beat out those Amorites knows Amalekites and all of those Hittites and Parasites. See, he knows all about them. He knows everything that existed and he knows how to deal with that. The Bible says, for the land, Deuteronomy 11, verse 10 says, for the land, whither thou goest in to possess it. Notice this. It is not as the land of Egypt. It ain't the right the world. Okay? That's right. Thank you, Lord. From which she came out, where thou sowest thy seed, you know, you, you, you make it happen for yourself, so you think. Mm -hmm. And you wanted it with thy foot, with your foot. In other words, you walking the way you want to walk. As a born of bird, as is the truth. But Psalms 37 23 says that the steps of a good man are by the law. Amen. But here, in that land of Egypt, where we sow our own seed and water this thing with our own foot. In other words, the way we want to do it. Mm. Are y'all catching it? Yes. Can you see us how we are as human beings? Mm. Mm. It's not a social gospel. Mm. It's a gospel that makes us look at ourselves. Mm. 
It's not a social gospel. It's not a gospel where we just up here running off at the mouth. I'm showing you. I'm teaching you spiritual teachings so that you can grow and become powerful in this thing. Because if you do, this is what happens. Watch what happens here. It says here in verse 11. Are we there? 11, 11. Deuteronomy 11, 11. It says, verse 11, But the land whither ye go to possess it, it is the land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Okay. See that word possess it? See it there? It means to take by force. You can't just walk into this land. You got to take it. Take it. Take it. You know. Now, what land is he talking about? Though? He's talking about the land of the kingdom of God. Amen. It's a spiritual land. It ain't going downtown talking about taking no boiling spring. You ain't going to never take boiling spring. That ain't what he's talking about. He's talking about taking a spiritual land. Amen. It's the land of Canaan. The word Canaan means what we bow down to God. That's the one where you go in to possess, to take siege, to take hold of. Now, watch Matthew. The book of Matthew, talking about this taking it by force. The book of Matthew. Is it 11? 11 what? 12. 11, 12. Ah. Matthew 11, 12. Are we there? Watch this. And from the days, hear me good. And from the days of John the Baptist, this represents, John the Baptist represents being overwhelmed by grace. The word Baptist means being overwhelmed. John means grace. Ever since the day that grace has overwhelmed us, John the Baptist, until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers what? And the violent take about what? Force. So you got to get violent with this stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're going to possess it, now you understand what it says, this land that you go in to possess means to take about force? Yes. You, you, you just don't waltz up in this. Why? It's like going to do a bank robbery. Don't you know that there are forces going, that you, opposition that's, that you're going to be faced with? Do you not count the call before you go in there to rob the bank? Do you think that they just going to let you just go and do it? <laughs> do you think that a wealthy place like the kingdom of God did you just go once up in there? Did you just go get saved and once right on up in there and get all the benefits? Come on. All the wealth. Come, come on now. Right, come on. Do you think Bridget, that you're going to just do that? Come on. You, if you get it, you got to take it by force. And if you don't take it by force, then you're not an overcomer. And the Bible said, I'm going to block you out. Straight up. Come on. Jesus. Straight up. That's what Jesus said. Mm. Is that what theology say? Theology tell lies. That's right. But I speak truth up in here. Yeah. You cannot take this thing unless you take it by force. In other words, you're going to have to fight yourself. Yeah. Because self don't want to get out the way. Yeah. Come on. To let So you got to take it by force. Thank you, Lord. So every since you call yourself getting saved, let me just break this all down to you. You're going to have to fight 
to get this thing right. 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 You know why so many people defeat? I want you to just listen Come to on. people Come on. that you are right. How they constantly declare sickness on themselves and on their children too. Just to keep from being in the house of the Lord. Come on, come on. I want you to just open your ears to it. They don't they know they're ignorant. The word says that life and death is in the power. You gotta run for cover. Somebody say cover. 
to be covered. I need to be covered at all times. But not only does that land do that, but that land drinks water out of the rain of heaven. Look at Ezekiel 34, 26. He said, I will make him. He said, I will make them that are about my healed, my promotions. He said, I'm going to make them a blessing. And they're going to get their rain in their season, and the rain or the showers are going to be blessings from the Lord. Amen. Ezekiel Amen. 34, 26. You see, in this land, it said in verse 11 here, yeah, Deuteronomy 11, 11, it said that it drinks water of the rain of heaven. And Ezekiel tells you what that rain is, does it not? It says it's going to be showers from blessings of it forever. Blessings forever from God. Amen. Y'all see that? Yes. Thank you. That's the rain that's falling yes. over here. Yes. Yes, in that land. That's right, in that land. That's the rain. They're blessings. And they don't stop. Yes. They don't stop. He said, this man drink the water or the blessings. Of the rain or the blessings of heaven. And the land, verse 12 of you, Deuteronomy 11, 12 said, and a land is a land which the Lord thy God cares for over here. I said this one over here. And he said this one over here. You see? Yes, you're right. Because Israel went through what they went through because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that don't mean it's over there. But over here, he said, the Lord has his eyes on it all the time. And he cares for it. Now, whatever's in that land, God got his eyes on it. Amen. And he's going to care for it. Watch the word. He said, God's eye, a land which the Lord Yeah. 
thing is too beautiful. I done found out that this thing is too beautiful. Amen. I'm laying in my bed this morning, man, and, I, and, and it just, just, just God is just, just showing me just how beautiful this thing is. To be an anointed priest of God over God's people and to be in the kingdom and being blessed. <coughs> Amen. Cut the fools out of my life and cut the fool out of me. Kill. Kill. And life becomes so much better. And all these things of God and much more. God's opening up. Yes. That I dare not say anything about, but this is what he does in your life. It's coming. He'll do it in your life. Yes. God has no respect of the person. He yes. respects your faith yes. in Him. Yes. Same thing one get, the other can get it even more. That's right. You don't know what God got for you until you give Him a real chance. Come on. Thank you, Lord. You don't know what you're going to run up on. You don't know what kind of treasure you're going to find in life until you keep walking. And search it. He says, see it you should find. Yeah. Ask it and shall be given. Knock and the door shall be open. Why did he say all that? Because God is a real God. Yes. And he can't tell a lie. Yeah. He said, all the promises of God are yeah and amen. Yeah. Hey, man, I don't do this. But you got to do this. That's right. You got to bring right. this garbage over here in my territory. Mm -hmm. You got to stop. Verse 14. Deuteronomy. I got one, two, three, four scriptures I'm going to read here right quick. That I will give you the rain in your land in his due season. Somebody say patience. patience. You got to have patience. See, that's what's killing them. That's what's killing them right there. They want it in their season. God said, I'll give it to you in due season. In other words, I won't give it to you when you're able to have it. Yeah, but I don't want to roll right now. Not to your neighbor, but to who? Yourself. So tell yourself. 
that your heart be not deceived and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Just as soon as God give us a new house, a new car, a new job, a new spouse, old raggedy boyfriend or girlfriend, we just go crazy. Old raggedy boyfriend, I see it. Old raggedy. Oh, rabbit. Come on, come on. Got a jewel at home. I ain't got sense enough to know what you got at home. You out there looking for love. Amen. You know, the places like we talk about that old food. Amen. Old food. Amen. You will lose everything. Ain't nobody going to want you. Amen. You, you done up. You done over. If you ain't selling in yet, then you need to get it. Amen. <laughs> Stay with what you got. Amen. Make the best of it. You know, spend all that time. Fool to get you out there and you get tricked and now you ain't got nothing. You down by the river broken, disgusted. I'm talking truth up in here. I'm gonna speak truth up in here. I will save you before you get drowned in your own insanity. The word of God said, take heed to yourself. And verse 17, and I'm closing. And then, uh-huh, when you go serve the mother God, do what happened. And then, the Lord's wrath be kindled against who? Yeah. Not against your neighbor, so why are you telling your neighbor something? He say you. And look what he'll do. And he shut up, uh-oh, the heavens. If he shut the heavens up, then the blessing is going to be shut up too. That means the job going to go, the house going to go, the, 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 the spouse going to go, you know, the health going to go. You know, a lot of things can go when you shut the heavens down. You better hear God. A whole lot of things can go. And let me tell you something. It can be like a domino effect in your life. That's why this thing is cautious. See, see the closer we get to God and the more God do for us, the more scared we got to get. Because we got to walk with light when we walk in on the king. You know, we got we to be Go up in there humbly now. He said, I shut up the heaven, verse 17, that there be no rain, which is no blessing. And if it ain't no blessing, that the land yield not her fruit. That means it ain't going to be no fruit being produced. And at least ye perish. How? Quickly. Oh, my God. Mm. From all the good land which the Lord giveth you. He didn't say you'll perish off the land. He said, he, you'll perish off the good land which the Lord gave you. In other words, you'll be back down there making bricks again without straw. It can't happen. It sure can. And let me tell you something. It don't take but one wrong move to do it. That's how cautious we have to be. Every day. I said every day is a gift of God. Yeah. I was you know, sometimes cut the internet on me. News pop up first thing in this scene. You don't never know what you're going to see because all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And I see where the other day, you know, he's dead now. Hector Camacho. Most of, most of us men know who that is. Great boxer. I mean, great boxer. Knocked out Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, uh, back, back in what, the 80s or somewhere yeah. around there. Knocked him slap out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, I mean, the man was a tough. Sitting there in a car, doing something wrong. Somebody blow him away. Blow his head off. 49 year old man. Had all the lives before. But living in the wrongness and caught up with it. And how do I know? Because I read the rest of the story. And I ain't going to put the poor man's business out. I'm going to put rest in peace on it. But the fact of the matter is, is that every day is a gift of God. Every day. Even when we, you know, when we pull in between our relationships, sometimes it's just best to just to hush and not get into the emotional discomfort of it all. You know, so that we can remain. Remember what I told you before I started this message to remember the love? Mm -hmm. We gotta do that. We gotta do that. And 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 and, and, and then if, if we if we can't love each other close together, then we have to learn how to love each other from the fall. Yeah. 
Lord, we love each other, okay? Because the only thing that keeps people from being able to love each other close is self. That's all we did. It ain't nothing but old crazy self. You know. And the old self will trick you. And God said, yeah, but you say, no. <laughs> again and again and again, and we keep losing. See, we don't have this kind of time. Amen. We don't have this kind of time. Bless God. Bless Praise God. God. Amen. 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 Amen.